We're going to do this song. It's called You Waited. You came out of your way. You sat down to speak to me. What amazing grace that you've shown so patiently and you Rapa 
Share the link. Feel free to share the link, everybody. Oh God! Share the link. Share the link. Share the link. Share the link. Invite your friends. Remind them that we are live and the service has of the Holy Spirit who has been enjoying enjoying the this series so far who has been enjoying it who has been learning something who has truly been a part of it this is part 3 we started 2 weeks ago 2 Sundays ago the leadings of the Holy Spirit part 1 part two part three who has been here throughout the entire series i want to see your hand i want to see your hand All right, let me do previously. Since this is the season finale, this is the last part after part three, we are done. And so, let me do previously on the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Part one I started from the dispensation of the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament right to this New Testament. And I explained to you how the Holy Spirit related or interacted with human beings. And I said in those days, in the Old Testament, nobody was born again. I am not preaching. I'm only giving you highlights from the previous service. I said, in the old days, nobody was born again. And so the Holy Spirit did not have the, the chance to live in the people. The Holy Spirit could only be upon the prophets, the kings, and the priests. 
so whenever the people of God wanted to hear the voice of God they, they had to go to the, the priests, the kings or the prophets for the prophets to speak to them what God has for them nobody could hear the voice of God for themselves are we together? so I explained to you why Jesus had to die on the cross Jesus died on the cross and the Bible said for three solid hours darkness covered the entire earth for three hours and I explained to you why darkness had to cover the entire earth and the same thing happened in the book of Genesis the Bible said darkness was on the face of the deep in other words darkness covered the entire earth and the Bible said that the Spirit of God was hovering over that darkness in the same way when Jesus died on the cross darkness covered the entire earth and so the Spirit of God was hovering in the darkness so what happened was Jesus Christ was handing, was handing over the mandate to the Holy Spirit that is why the darkness came forth the, the earth for three hours I'm not preaching I'm doing previously on the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible said, the very moment Jesus died, the first assignment of the Holy Spirit was to tear apart the temple, the veil in the temple, the veil that separated the most holy place from the holy place. So the Holy Spirit tore the veil into two. That is... The Holy Spirit gave us unrestricted access through the death of Christ. And he gave us the opportunity to see God's glory and to hear the voice of God for ourselves. And so after the death of Jesus, a new scripture was written. And the scripture said in Romans chapter 8 verse 14, that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So these days, the people are no longer, in the New Testament, the people are no longer led by the prophets of God. The, the, the people are no longer led by the kings of God. The people are no longer led by the priests of God. But the people are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. I'm not preaching. I'm doing previously on the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And that was the end of part one. And in part two, I started. I started explaining the spirit, the soul, and the body. And I explained the outward man and i said the body is the outward man the spirit or the heart is the inward man and the connection between the body and the spirit is the soul so the soul is the binding factor or the soul is the bridge that connects the body to the spirit and so the soul is the mind the body is the outward man the spirit is the inward man that is your heart and the soul is the connection between the two. That is your soul or your mind, your brain. That is your soul. And then I went ahead to break down the realms of the human being. And I explained to you that every human being has three realms. The first realm is called the mental realm. The second realm is, sorry, the first realm is called 
the mortal realm the mortal realm the second realm is called the intellectual realm or the mental realm and the third realm is called the spiritual realm are we together i'm not preaching i'm doing previously on the leadings of the holy spirit so the three realms are m i s m i s the first m is the mortal realm the i is the intellectual realm and the the s is the spiritual realm please get this every human being has these three three realms and i said the mortal realm is the realm of the body the place of physical and tangible things things that can be touched things that can be smelled seen tasted and heard the physical realm the mortal realm and i said the people who live in the mortal realm are much more body conscious than they are spiritual conscious everything is about their feelings what they are seeing what they are feeling what they are touching what they are they are smelling or tasting that is the mortal realm and i told you that the bible said anybody that lives in the mortal realm will not receive anything of the spirit and then i went ahead to speak on the intellectual realm and i said the intellectual realm or the mental realm is the realm of the mind it is the place of logical reasoning the place of analysis the place of common sense and the people who live in the intellectual realm are learned people critical thinkers smart people people who make a big deal out of common sense and stuff like that they put their minds their brains above everything else and then if you live in the intellectual realm you will not experience the leadings of the holy spirit because it gets in the way of the leadings of the holy spirit sometimes when you think about the the ordinary things that the normal things when you think about the money you have and the things you want to do there is no connection because the money you have cannot do anything to the things you want to do you get it that is the mental realm the intellectual realm understand this i'm not preaching i'm doing previously on the leadings of the holy spirit and now i went ahead to speak on the spiritual realm are we together i want to see you are here i'll be preaching in a minute now i explain that the spiritual realm is the realm of the heart your spirit is your heart understand are we together your spirit is your heart that is why when you accept jesus into your spirit you are accepting jesus into your heart so in the new testament wherever the bible talks about the heart the bible is talking about your inward man or your spirit are we together the spiritual realm is the realm of the heart it is the place of intangible things things that cannot be touched smelled seen tasted or heard things like faith believe love these are things that dwell in the spiritual realm these things cannot be touched cannot be seen 
but you have it in your heart. People who live in the spiritual realm put their spirits above anything else. They put their spirits above their feelings, their emotions, above their minds, their brains, their intellects. They put their spirits above everything else. Spiritual things mean more to such people than what they see or hear physically. It is, it is all about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has to say to them than what they see or feel. Such people only move according to the will of God. You understand these things, right? So, for today's service, for the season finale, I'm going to continue from the spiritual realm. Take me to John chapter 3, verse 8. Let's pray. Father Lord, we thank you for the gathering of your people. We thank you for giving us life. We thank you for your grace, your protection, your love, your patience. Oh God, we love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody shout amen. And share the link, share the link, share the link. There are a lot of people who are not here as of now. But I cannot wait for anybody. But share the link. Rapado We're gonna do this song. It's called You Waited. John chapter three, verse the number eight. Hmm. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. God bless you, Adelaide. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, everyone who dwells in the realm of the Spirit. Or in the spiritual realm. No one knows what these people are up to they are not predictable you cannot tell whether they are about to pray you cannot tell whether they are about to preach you cannot tell whatever they are about to do because these people are spiritual men and women now how do you know that you are spiritual you know you are spiritual because you lay down whatever you think you have and submit it at the feet of Jesus. You do not move until the Holy Spirit moves you. You do not speak until the Holy Spirit gives the green light. You do not do anything unless God tells you to do it. Are you in a relationship? Are you planning on being in a relationship? Are you getting someone a gift? Are you sowing a seed in the life of your man of God? Are you doing anything at all? Now the question is, that thing that you are doing, are you led by the Holy Spirit? I'm asking. Are you led by the Holy Spirit? Do you want to start a YouTube channel? Do you want to be a content creator? Do you want to be a shepherd in the ministry? Do you want to do anything at all? That is good. But the question is, are you led by the Holy Spirit to do it? And has the Holy Spirit confirmed that which you want to do? Ah. 
if that is not the case then you are not led by the holy spirit because those that are led by the holy spirit are the sons of god and the sons of god do nothing according to their own will the bible said jesus came as a son of god and he said surely the son done nothing the son does nothing of his own accord except that which he sees his father do because he is only a son and a son only moves that according to the will of god the son only do things according to the will of god and if the will of god is not commanding you or the spirit of god is not commanding you to do it then you cannot do it do you want to leave the ministry do you want to be a part of the ministry do you want to be a part of this group do you want to be a part of this has the holy spirit confirmed it if the holy spirit has not confirmed it then you are not following the leadings of the holy spirit those that dwell in the spiritual realm do or move according to the will of God. Are we together? Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28. Whoever has no rule, whoever has no rule over their own spirit, or whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You have no rule over your own spirit. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about your own spirit. Understand? These are two different things. Do not forget I said a man has a body, a soul, and a spirit. A body, a soul, and a spirit. And the Bible is saying, if you have no rule, if you cannot take leadership over your own spirit, then you are like a city broken down without walls. Now the question is, are you even conscious of your own spirit? And do you have any idea what your spirit is? And do you hear promptings from your own spirit? How am I led by the Holy Spirit? How are people led? by the holy spirit how can you be led by the holy spirit you see we live in a world today that hearing the voice of god has become very rare to us to an extent that the greater percentage of believers have no idea what it really means to hear the voice of god when was the last time you heard the voice of god sewa when was the last time you heard the voice of god miracle when was the last time you heard the voice of God? Adelaide, when was the last time you heard the voice of God? Miss Tonto, when was the last time you heard the voice of God? In this era, common sense has become the new normal. We have become people of, of logic. Logic and analysis, which comes out of the soul, can never become a substitute for the Holy Spirit. These days, we move as we see sense. We move by common sense. We move by analysis. We move by critical thinking. We move by logic. We do the calculations. I have this and that and that. If I, if I put it together, then I can do this. Now, if I add these things up, and the entire amount I am getting is not reasonable, it means I am not led to do this. If all I have is a hundred cities and a hundred cities cannot start the business I want to start, then it means I'm not led by the Spirit. 
You see, we are moving by common sense. Not by the Spirit of God. That is the new normal. People are led by their own minds. We are led by our own intellect. We are led by our own self-acclaimed wisdom. Not what the Spirit is saying, but what we have put together, what we have analyzed, what we have thought about. If I cannot afford this, then it means that the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to buy it. If I cannot do this, then it means that the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to get it. Is it really true? Is it your mind that is speaking or is, 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 is your spirit that is speaking? Hmm. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Why does there need to be a division between your soul, which is your mind, which is your intellect, which is your wisdom, which is your, your logic, your analysis, your critical thinking, your common sense, and your spirit? Why does the Holy Spirit or why does the word of God need to divide the two? Because God knew that the world we are getting into has got into a stage where people are now moving according to their own intellect, according to their own minds, according to their own logic, according to their own analysis, according to their own common sense. And because of that, we are keeping ourselves from following the promptings and the leadings of our own spirits. So the Bible said, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, which, can, which is able to pierce and divide the soul and spirit. Because if you do not have the word of God in you, you will not be able to tell the difference between your mind and your spirit. These things are fused together now to an extent that even the great leaders of today are moved by their wisdom, they are moved by their analysis we are no longer led by the spirit of god because we do not have the word of god enough of it in us and these days we are doing things anyhow we are doing things anyhow we are taking things for granted we are not leading or we are not following the leadings of the holy spirit we only submit to the leadings of our minds am i preaching The only thing that has the power, the only thing that is strong enough to divide your mind from your spirit is the word of God. Now, how much of the word do you have in you? How much of his word do you have in your heart? These days, we do not have the time for the word anymore. We do not have the time for the Bible anymore. We do not have time for scriptures anymore. All we want to do is to pray. We don't want to study the word. All we want to do is pray. And yet, we do not realize that prayer is not able to differentiate that which comes out of your soul and that which comes out of your spirit. And today, there are so many prayer, prayer gurus. There are so many prayer 
towers that these men are no longer led by the spirit all we do is to pray and speak in tongues and at the end of the day we receive nothing out of the prayer we are unwilling to study the word we are unwilling to spend time with the word the word is the only thing that can divide your soul and spirit your mind and spirit your intellect and spirit your logic and spirit your analysis and spirit I wish I was speaking to somebody who is willing to study the word and have time for the word and to sharpen their spirit to an extent that they can differentiate between the two Are we together? Are you getting the picture now? The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. The soul and spirit. Your mind and your heart. Your mind and your heart. There are things we ought to be doing from our heart and we do it from our minds. There are things we ought to be doing from our minds and we are doing it from our heart. We are interchanging the two. We do not know which is which. You do not give an offering to God from your mind. You give an offering to God from your heart. You do not love a man from your mind. You love a man or a woman from your heart. We are mixing up the two. The soul and the spirit. When the devil speaks to us, he speaks to our mind. That is our soul. We are not supposed to allow the words of the devil to enter our heart. And yet we receive that same word in our heart. And that keeps us from doing great things for God. Because we have been told, the devil has told us we are not better. The devil has told us we are broke. The devil has told us we cannot move. The devil has told us we are poor. The devil has told us we can never do the work of God. The devil has told us we are unworthy. And these things that we received in our soul, we have allowed these things to enter our spirits, our hearts. And by the reason of doing so, we are unable to operate on the level of God. We are level. We are unable to operate operator on the level that we are supposed to have these days everybody is struggling up everybody is suffering up everybody is still going through challenges up because we are mixing up the soul and the spirit up we are mixing up the mind and the heart up we are mixing up these two things up they are things that enter your mind up you must never allow it to enter your heart up because when it enters your heart up it has entered your spirit up and that which is in your spirit up will rule up that which is on the outside up the spirit rules over the body up. Anything you permit in your spirit up must not ah. Am I preaching? Everything you hear you allow it to enter your spirit. You allow it to enter your heart. You allow it to enter your spirit. So you are always down. You are always sad. You are always bitter because you always receive negative words in your spirit. You tell me I am ugly, it is only in my mind, that is my soul. I will not allow it to enter my heart. You tell me my ministry will not do well, that is only in my soul. I will not allow it to enter my spirit. Whatever you say to me, I will only allow it to stay in my soul. And when it enters, I will push it out. I will never allow it to enter my spirit. Imagine what Jesus said. When Jesus was about to die, he said, I am so sorrowful, my soul. 
Jesus said, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. He did not say my spirit is sorrowful because Jesus knew the very moment he allows the sorrow into his heart, into his spirit, he will never be able to do great things. He will never be able to follow the word of God. And that is the mistake of most believers. We allow things in our spirit when we are supposed to let it end on the level of our soul. Are you getting the picture between the soul and the spirit? The differences. We all say we have God. We all say we have God. But it is not about having God. It is how much you allow God to influence your life. And God influences our lives through the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And if you are not ready to submit to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, then having God is not necessary because the God who is in your life, you do not listen to Him in any way. You do not submit to Him in any way. You do not give in to Him in any way. You do not follow His instructions in any way. Then what is the point having God on your side? Because the God who is on your side is not playing any role in your life. I came to speak to somebody else. Allow, allow her. Somebody shout, allow her. Allow, allow her. Allow somebody, allow her. Shout, allow. Come on. Allow, allow. I need you to write these things down and note these things with with my body. I contact the mortal realm. Understand? With my body, this is why the human being needs this, all these three parts. With my body, I contact the mortal realm. With my soul, I contact the intellectual realm. Sorry. So if you do not have a brain, it means you don't have a soul. And everybody that has a broken brain or a broken mind has a broken soul. Do you understand? Are, are you getting it? With my body, I contact the mortal realm. With my soul, my mind, my brain, I contact the intellectual realm. So it means that if you do not have a brain or if you do not have a soul, you cannot study. It takes your soul to study. You need your soul. You need your soul to learn. You need your soul to read. Because all of those things come from your soul, not your spirit. Do you understand? With my soul, I contact the intellectual realm. And with my spirit, I contact the spiritual realm. This is simple. Do you understand? The body, the soul, the spirit. The spirit is there so that you can contact the spiritual realm. The soul is there so that you can contact the intellectual realm. The body, the, the body is there so that you can contact the mortal realm. Understand? Now, so I spoke on the word of God. The word of God. What you need to sharpen your spirit. Number one, the word of God, which I just spoke on. Number two, praying in tongues. Understand this. 
First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Who is posting the scripture for us? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. If I pray in, in a tongue or in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Listen. If I pray in an unknown tongue, what did the spirit say? My spirit prays. A human being has three realms. Mortal realm, intellectual realm, spiritual realm. The Bible is saying when you speak in tongues, it is your spirit that prays, not your body, not your soul. So, one thing that you do to sharpen your spirit is praying in tongues. It means that if you do not pray in tongues, you, do not, you are not sharpening your spirit. That is what the Bible says. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Who here doesn't speak in tongues? Who here doesn't speak in tongues? I want to see you by hand. I want to see you. I want to see you. You see, you think those of us who speak in tongues, we are fools. And people say, it is not speaking in tongues that is important. Who told you? Have you read your scriptures? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So one thing that sharpens your spirit is praying in tongues. So everybody here speaks in tongues. If you speak in tongues, I want to see a yes. Everybody here speaks in tongues. Follow carefully. I'm teaching. And whenever I'm teaching, I want to take my time. wonderful so every single time that you speak in tongues you are sharpening your spirit in the next one minute i want to hear your tongues in the next one minute i want to hear your tongues Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14 anybody that prays in an unknown tongue 
that person's spirit breaks. But listen to this. The Bible said, but my understanding is unfruitful. Mm-hmm. This is where the key is. <laughs> Whenever you speak in tongues, your spirit breaks by your understanding. You know, understanding comes from the mind, right? And your mind is your soul. So whenever you pray in tongues, your spirit prays, but your soul is unfruitful. Your soul doesn't understand. So when you read the Amplified Translation, the Bible says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. Thank you. My mind is unproductive. My soul. You see, whenever you pray in tongues, you are putting your soul somewhere. You are pushing your soul somewhere and you are activating your spirit. That is what the Bible is saying. Our understanding, our natural human mentality is a part of our soul. Notice what Paul says. My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. He did not say, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my soul prays. It is not your soul that's praying. He did not say, when I pray in an unknown tongue, I pray out of my intellect. No, out of my mind. No. He said, in effect, I am not praying out of my soul when I pray in tongues. I am praying out of my spirit. That is my heart. Your spirit is your heart. Your innermost being. Your inward man. So now, do you understand what the Bible said in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27? The Bible said, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. The heart of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Everything you are looking for, the directions you are looking for, are going to be poured out of the spirit into your heart. And that is going to lead you to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And yet, these days, we create things out of our mind. We make up things out of our minds. We always take take our minds and put it in the place of the spirit, in the place of the heart. And that is why we are no longer led by the spirit of God. I don't know if I am teaching or I'm wasting my time. Am I teaching? I am very particular about this because I've, I've understood that so many of us have no idea what it means to be led by the spirit. You see, I haven't even gotten to the actual lessons I want to teach you today I haven't gotten there yet because I want to take my time now I want to move on to the third thing do not forget the things that sharpen your spirit the word of God which is able to pierce between your soul or divide your soul and spirit number two when you pray in tongues I'm not saying when you pray I am saying when you pray in tongues when you pray in English you are praying from your soul not your spirit do you understand <laughs> when you pray in a language that you understand you are not praying from your your spirit you are praying from your mind and that is also good but that is not what sharpens your spirit what sharpens your spirit is the prayer called tongues now the third thing is called the inward voice somebody say number three inward voice number three inward voice number three inward voice or conscience have you who has heard the word before? Conscience. Hmm. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. Romans chapter 9, 
verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. I am teaching you what I am teaching you in Christ. I am not lying. I am giving you all of these deep revelations in Christ. And I am not lying. That is what Apostle Paul is saying. And he's saying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Your conscience. Many of you think, you see, scientists have done a lot of wrong to this era. Everybody thinks that the conscience is a, is a common thing. It's something from the mind. Let me tell you, conscience doesn't come from the mind. Conscience comes from the heart. <laughs> Listen to what he said. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in our minds. The Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, in our spirits. And the Bible is saying, Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 9 verse 1, that my conscience also bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. The only thing that can bear witness in the Holy Spirit is a spiritual thing. It means that your conscience is not from your mind. It is coming from your spirit. That is your heart. Listen, every human body, every every body, physical body, the outward man has a voice. Who here doesn't have a voice? Who here doesn't have a voice? Do you have a voice? Aisha, do you have a voice? Eugenia, do you have a voice? Miracle, do you have a voice? Rhoda, do you have a voice? I'm speaking to you. How do you hear me? You hear me because my body has a voice. Do you understand? Every human body has a voice. The same way every human spirit has a voice. Understand? Do not forget the Bible calls the body the outward man. And so the man has a voice. And so if the heart is called the inward man, it means that the heart also has a voice. Now, scientists call this voice of the inward man conscience. That is what scientists call it. Scientists call it conscience. Your conscience is speaking to you. Your conscience told you to do this. That conscience is the voice of the inward man. That is what scientists call it. But let me tell you, the Bible calls it the still small voice. Am I speaking to somebody? The Bible calls it the still small voice. That still small voice, an underlining voice that speaks to you from within. And the confused people call that same voice something. They call the voice something. Oh, something told me. Have you heard that thing before? Or have you said that thing before? Oh, something told me. I was going to buy this and something told me. I was going to do this and something told me. I was going to... I was going to town and something told me not to go. Something. That something is what confused people call it. The very moment you say something told me, it means you are confused. That something is the voice of the inward man. Christians call it the still small voice. And scientists call it conscience. It's the same thing. Conscience, still small voice. Something is the same thing. Oh, Papa. I was going to sow a seed and something told me to add this to it. Something told me to take this out of it. Something told me to do this for this. That something is the still small voice. The conscience. It is the voice of the inward man. 
Now, literally, that voice of your spirit is your conscience, the inward voice, the voice of your spirit. Your spirit speaks to you. We confuse things by the way we talk. Sometimes we say, I feel the presence of God. No, we do not. Nobody can feel the presence of God. We sense God's presence spiritually. Using the word feeling leaves the wrong impression that it is a physical feeling. No. Feeling. Don't mix the the physical with the spiritual. You see, feeling is the voice of the body. Reason is the voice of the soul or the mind. And conscience is the voice of the spirit. Am I preaching? Let me repeat. Feeling is the voice of the body. Reason is the voice of the soul. And conscience is the voice of the spirit. So anybody that moves by feelings, that person is moved by their body. They move by what they feel. They move by what they feel. They move by what they see. They move by what they smell. They move by what they taste. You are moved by the the body because, because feeling is the voice of the body. And reason is the voice of the soul or the mind. And conscience is the voice of the spirit. So anybody that puts feeling above reason, that person is moved by their body. Anybody that puts reason above conscience is moved by their mind. And anybody that puts conscience above everything else is moved by the spirit. Am I preaching? You need to understand and be able to grasp the leadings of the Holy Ghost. In order to understand, you need to understand these types of voices. The voice of your body, the voice of your mind, and the voice of your spirit. Do not be like the kind of person who is always talking about their feelings, who is always moved by their feelings. They do not care about reason. They do not. They are not sensible. You are moved by by your body. And anybody that puts sense over their conscience is moved by their mind. And that is also an error. You must learn to put your conscience above your feelings, above your reason. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. My God, my God. So what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit is for the Holy Spirit to take absolute control of your own spirit to the point where you are equally yoked together that nobody is able to tell the difference anymore. The Bible said do not be equally yoked with unbelievers but the Bible said we ought to become one with Christ. We ought to become one. We ought to become one that is being equally yoked with the Spirit of God to the that your own spirit cannot be differentiated from the spirit of God because you have become one. Jesus was on earth and God was in heaven and yet Jesus said, I and my father are one. How can two people who are in two different locations be one? That the only way that that will be possible is for them to be equally yoked in the spirit. And so you have a spirit of your own and the Holy Spirit is a different spirit. But when you become equally yoked with the Holy Spirit, then you are one. One with the spirit. <laughs> Am I preaching? So somebody is asking, so Papa, if I have a spirit and the Holy Spirit is also a spirit, then how does it mean that the Holy Spirit is in me and so I have two spirits? No. You are becoming equally yoked with the Spirit of God. So gradually the Holy Spirit is taking over your own spirit. 
the seed of your parents are in your flesh. The seed of your parents are in your flesh. They are in your body. Sometimes they are in your mind. That is why many of us, we think like our parents. We act like our parents. We speak like them. We act like them. Sometimes we walk like them because the seed of our parents are in our bodies and sometimes our souls. But the seed of God is in our spirit. So God cannot live in your body. God cannot live in your soul. He can only live in your spirit. What you call DNA? Exactly. Am I preaching? So, so are you getting the leadings of the Holy Spirit? Are you getting it? I'm taking my time to break these things down. People. Now take me to First John. Chapter 3, verse 20. You came out of your way. You sat down to speak. Are we still together? Thank you. First John chapter 3 verse 20. For if our heart condemns us. Hmm. I told you in the New Testament, whenever you see the word heart, you can replace it with a spirit. Your spirit. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. Too. I'm talking about your own spirit. So if our spirit condemns us, follow carefully. God is greater than our spirit and knows all things. Ah, verse 21. Beloved, if our spirit does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You see, when you sin against God, <laughs> I want to break, I want to take my time to explain this. When we sin against God, we think that. The Holy Spirit condemns us. No. It is not the Holy Spirit that condemns us when we sin. It is not the Holy Spirit that tells us we are wrong when we insult somebody. It is not the Holy Spirit that tells us we are wrong when we condemn, uh, uh, I mean, when we retaliate, when somebody does something to us and we, we retaliate. That is not the Holy Spirit. It is your heart, your own spirit. And the voice of your heart, your conscience, will speak to you that what you are doing is wrong. Sometimes an elderly person speaks to you and you ignore them. You talk to them anyhow. The warnings you get, that is your own spirit warning you. It's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never speak to you concerning these things. It is not his job. <laughs> the Bible says, if your own spirit condemns you, God is greater than your spirit. You see, no matter what you do wrong to God, you are not condemned by God. God doesn't condemn. It is your own spirit that condemns you. Are we together? 
So when people do some things against God, they will say, man of God, I cannot come to church again because I have sinned against God. And the Spirit of God is not happy with me. The Spirit of God is not excited with the things I have done. I don't want to come to church again. I don't want to be a part of the movement anymore. I don't want to pay my tithes anymore because I did something wrong and I feel bad about it. Listen, what you are feeling and what you are sensing and the condemnation that is going through your mind is not from the Holy Spirit. It is from your own spirit. And the Bible has made it clear that God is greater than your spirit. No matter what your spirit tells you, when you do wrong, it does not mean you ought to stay away from God. God is not the one who is condemning you. The Holy Spirit is not the one who is condemning you. Christ the Son is not the one who is condemning you. You ought to come to God even when your spirit says you shouldn't. Even when your spirit tells you you are broken. Even when your spirit tells you you are not perfect. Do not give in to it. You have to draw closer to God because God doesn't condemn. God doesn't suck away. God doesn't reject. God doesn't ignore. God doesn't abandon. God doesn't become faithless. I wish I was speaking to somebody. No matter what you have done to God, you can come back. You can return. You can stay with God. Do not leave God. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what you did last month. I don't care what you did last year. I came to tell you that the condemnation you are experiencing is not the condemnation of the Holy Ghost. It is the condemnation of your own spirit. But the Bible says that our God most high, He is greater than your own spirit. So even though your spirit is condemning you, you ought to return. Shout return. So God keeps waiting. Now, Paradoha, He's waiting for you to be consistent again. God keeps waiting. He's waiting for you to be committed again. God keeps waiting. He is waiting for you to rise up to your feet again. God keeps waiting. He is waiting for you to stand up again. To stand tall again. God keeps waiting. I have met so many people who call me a prophet of God. I am sorry I cannot do these things anymore because I did something in the past. Listen up. It doesn't matter what you did. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You can return. You can return. You can return. And God is happy to receive you with an open arms. Am I preaching? Shout yes. He's waiting. Where are you off to? Your spirit is condemning you. That is okay. Your heart is condemning you. That is okay. But God is ready to receive you. Because God is greater than your spirit. The Holy Spirit is greater than your spirit. We're going to do this song. It's called You Waited. It is the heart. Your own heart. Your spirit. That condemns you. You need to learn that. It's a hard lesson to learn. They didn't teach us these things. When we were kids, they didn't teach us these things in Bible school. They didn't teach us these things on Sunday school. But listen, it's a hard lesson to learn. No matter what you do, come. Do not leave. No, come. God is greater than your spirit. 
Romans 14 verse 22 Do you have faith? Romans 14 verse 22 Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God Happy is he who does not condemn himself Happy is he The inward man that condemns you The Bible is saying Do you have faith? Happy is he who does not condemn himself However, there is only one kind of sin that the Holy Spirit condemns. Hmm. There is only one kind of sin that the Holy Spirit condemns. Take me to John chapter 16, verse 5. There is only one kind of sin that the Holy Spirit condemns. John chapter 16, reading from verse 5 to 11. Oh God. Are you learning? People, are you learning? This is the season finale. I want to take my time explain things to you. Thank you, dear. Listen. But now I am going to him who sent me. Understand this. Jesus says, I am going to him who sent me. Which means that for someone to send you, means that you, you are lesser than the person that sent you. Do you understand? Am I I making sense? When someone sends you, it means that you are lesser than the person that sent you. So, a father can send a daughter or a son. But not the other way around. A son doesn't send a father. A son or a daughter doesn't send a father. Get this straight. There is an order in the kingdom of God. I am going to him who sent me. God the Father sent Christ the Son that stands to reason that Jesus is lesser than God the Father. None of you ask me, where are you going? Verse 6, rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Verse 7, but very truly I tell you, it is for your own good that I am going away. Sometimes it is for your good that people in our lives go away. Sometimes it is for our good that some people in our lives go away. It is, listen, when people leave you, it is not a wrong thing. It is not an evil thing. Sometimes it is for your good that people leave. They left you and so what? He broke up with you and so what? I know it is painful because do not forget that Jesus said, I know you are filled with grief, but it is for your own good that I go away. When people leave me, no matter how I will feel about it, I am happy. For as long as I am not the reason they left and I, they didn't leave because I did something wrong to them. No. If you are leaving because I did something wrong to you, I will call you and try to sort things out with you. But, if you are leaving and I've done nothing wrong to you, well, it is for my own good that you are going away. I always tell my team, I always, I always tell Elsie, we always discuss these things. No matter who leaves, the work goes on. This work that we are doing, it's not about me, it's not about my wife. It's not about my associate pastor. It's not about the leadership. It's about Christ. 
When I say I will not do it again, God will give it to someone else. Anybody that says I will not do it again, someone else will do it. The job will continue. It is for your own good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the the helper will not come. But if I go, listen to what Jesus says. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now who is the one doing the sending? When Jesus started this verse, he said, I am going to him who sent me. But now I go that I may send to you the Holy Spirit. Which means that, which one is greater between Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Which is greater? Because in the realms of the Spirit, a lesser spirit or a lesser power cannot send a greater power. A lesser power cannot lead a greater power. But that is what we do, Christians. We allow lesser spirits, demons, demons to lead us, demons to control us, demons to send us, our, our, our flesh to send us, our lust to lead us. Ask yourself, you and that power, which one is greater? And who is sending who? Because you do not understand the rules of engagement. You allow things to happen anyhow. And the demons will come and they will destroy everything. They will come, they will destroy your job. They will come, they will destroy your marriage. Listen, every marriage, every relationship goes through struggles. But allowing the destruction of that relationship is an error. The devil will try. Do not allow. You are greater than the devil. God the Father sends Christ the Son. And Christ the Son sends God the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is higher than the Holy Spirit. If I do not go, he will not come. And if I go, I will send him to you. Are we together? Are we learning? Why do you allow spirits to send you? Papa, I had a dream and I met a spirit. and I, I, I saw a spirit in my dream. And, and the spirit tried to sleep with me. Before I realized nah, I, I, I had wet my bed. Masa. You and that spirit, who is supposed to control who, and who is supposed to lead who, and who is supposed to send who, that you are allowing the demon. You see, Christians, we do not understand our position in Christ. Abba, you that you are led by God Himself through Jesus, through the leadings of the Holy Spirit, you still allow demons to toss you around and you are always under attack. So listen, no matter what the demon is, no matter what the power is, no matter what the spirit is, you have the power to overrule them, to trample over them. The power has been given unto you. Why do you complain? Prof, I'm trying, I'm trying. You are not supposed to try. You are supposed to take dominion over them. Ah. Verse 8. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin. Listen, this is very important to me. This is very important to me. This, this verse right here. John chapter 16 verse 8. I know that this message is going out there. It's not just for the people of prayer life. Everybody, people all over the world have the chance to listen to it. I'm going to be careful and I'm going to take my time to explain this. Please, listen. Our perception of sin is wrong. 
Listen, what you think is sin and what you think is the worst kind of sin, you are wrong. Listen to this. The Bible says in John chapter 16 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin. That is to say, will prove to the world that their perception and what they think they have learned concerning sin is wrong. Yeah. You think these things are what we call sin? Masturbation and, 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 and pornography and, and, and adultery and fornication and all those sexual immorality and then insulting. That is what you call sin. The Bible is saying that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will prove to the world that they are wrong about sin. Uh-huh. Only God can explain what sin is. It is not out to any man of God to tell us which sin is worse and which one is greater and which one is less sin. The Holy Spirit said, God, Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit to you and when he comes, the first thing he will do is to prove to the world that they are wrong about sin. Number one. Number two, that they are wrong about righteousness. Number three, that they are wrong about judgment. Listen, please Be in your zone And keep on following the leadings of the Holy Spirit Do not be there and be talking about any Christian brother Be talking about any Christian friend Be talking about any colleagues Because you think they are so sinful Be talking about any man of God Be talking about some parents What you think your father did What you think your father has done Your mother has done What you think your siblings have done Listen, you stand in no position I'm telling you, that is what the Bible is saying. When he comes, the first thing he will do is to prove to the world how wrong they are about number one, sin. Number two, righteousness. Number three, judgment. Hey. So you think you have sinned, uh, so you don't deserve to enter the house of God. Who told you? What you call sin? That, that which you call sin. Who told you? You prove to the world the only way that the Holy Spirit might need to prove to the world is because we are already wrong. He said he'll prove to the world how wrong we are. It means the whole world is wrong, myself included. The whole world, you know, the whole world, the whole world means all your great mentors are apart. The whole world means all the great teachers of the Bible are apart. The whole world means all the great revivalists are apart. All the great Men that you, you so much love, they are all part. We are all wrong about sin, about righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. He said about sin. Now Jesus is, a, is, is about to explain the exact thing that the people are wrong about sin. Verse 9. Because people do not believe in me. Listen. Hey, people will end up in hell, Papa. Because they do not understand what sin is. You see, when we are talking about fornication and all that, you've even gone too far. Jesus is saying about sin because people do not believe in me. Sin begins the very moment you doubt God. You do not believe in me. That is why the angel made Zachariah blind. Because he had sinned for doubting the word of God. You see, the reason you are not led by the Spirit is because you do not believe in Jesus. And Jesus will tell you to do this and you are doubting and so you do not do it. By doing so, you have already sinned. Do not talk about masturbation and fornication. and You are going too far. You are going too far. 
the, the Lord told you to get up and pray, but you slept. You did not believe in God, and so you do not pray. The time He instructed you to, you have sinned. That is sin. Listen, that is why every time we ought to pray, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. In a day, how many of the instructions of God did you overlook? How many of the instructions of God did you underrate? How many of the instructions of God did you take for granted? These things are dangerous things, though. So, when we are talking about men of God who are even sleeping with daughters and then doing all those nonsense, you are even going too far. That is not our focus. That is not what matters to God. Even the little things that you think, oh, this is about me. The Lord tells you to do this. You do the, you do a different thing. The Lord told you, get up and meet me here. Get up, join the platform. Get up, lead prayers. You didn't show up. You are tired. You are weak. You this, you that. All those kinds of excuses. That is sin. To prove to the world that we are all wrong about sin. Listen, do not allow any man of God to paint any image of sin. Like these things are disgusting. And then gayism is disgusting. And, and, and what has the world turned into these days? Every Gayism. And listen, listen, listen. You are going too far. You are going too far. Even gayism and, and all this LGBT blah blah nonsense. You are going too far. Sin begins with you. You. That place that you are standing in. God instructed you to release an offering to pray for somebody. You didn't pray for the person. You have already sinned. The Holy Spirit, the first thing he does is to prove to the world how wrong they are about sin. About sin because people do not believe in me. You do not believe in God. If you believe in God, why would you abuse his instruction? If you believe in God, why would you doubt? If you believe in God, why would you challenge his authority? That is what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Many of us, we are too self-righteous. Because we think we don't do some things. Because we think we are not a part of a group. Because we think we are not a part of some kind of people. Then we are outstanding. And we are not like them. We are not like the rest. Father, I thank you. You have not made me like these people. I thank you. I take my spiritual life seriously. Be careful. You are so pure in your own eyes. Be careful about righteousness. Verse 10. Because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. About righteousness. When we talk about righteousness, we are not talking about your deeds. We are talking about how well and how accurately you are able to follow the Spirit of God. Because Jesus is saying, I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. Which means that the only way that we can follow in the steps of God is to lead or to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Every single time you miss a single step, you are not righteous. Hey, forget about the Ten Commandments too. You are going too far. You are going too far. If you are not led by the Spirit of God, you are sinful. And that is why the Bible is saying it is only those who are led by the Spirit of God who are sons of God. Because the very moment you are not led by God, you you do not qualify to be a son. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Really? And the Holy Spirit led you to do what you did. 
The Holy Spirit led you to act in the way you did. The Holy Spirit led you to do the things you did. Really? And what you are still doing? Are you led by the Holy Spirit? Listen. Being led by the Holy Spirit is not an optional subject. It is a must. Because if you are not, you are sinful. It's that simple. It's that simple. You do not have to do anything against God. Just reject the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And that is it. You are sinful. You know, some people can call me, man of God. I know, pa, I know I'm supposed to, some daughters can call me. I know I'm supposed to be here, oh, Papa, I know. I know I'm supposed to be in, in the meetings, pa, but sometimes when the time is up, then I, I feel bored. Sometimes when the time, time is up, I know. You know, okay, so your inward spirit is confirming that which the Holy Spirit has said, that you have to be a part of the same gatherings you are running away from. You are being sinful. That is sin. When it comes to God, it's not about what you think. It's not about what you feel. The very moment we are talking about what you feel, we are talking about your body. The very moment we talk about what you think, we are talking about your mind. That's your body and your soul. We are led through our spirit. What we hear the spirit of God say. To shock you. That one day you might not even find me in heaven after all the preachings. Because if I myself, I do not submit to the leadings of the Holy Ghost, I won't end up in heaven. Heaven is a dangerous place. Do not think it's, it's, it's so light, it's so easy. Hmm. Verse 11. And about judgment. Because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The only person who is condemned in this world is the prince of this world that's the devil you see about judgment everybody who will be ending up in hell every human being every soul who will be ending up in hell you'll be ending up in hell not because you are condemned not because you are judged by god but because you stood by the prince of the world do you understand condemnation is only towards the devil not towards human beings now when you stand with the devil it means that you are sharing in his judgment because when you stand with God like we do, I stand with God, it means that we are sharing in the mercy of God. We are sharing in the glory of God. We are sharing in the grace of God. And so we will make up or we will make it up in heaven because we stood with God. But anybody that stands with the devil, you are condemned. So it is not God who is condemning souls. Many people think, so if God loved us, how come he is allowing us to end up in hell? Listen, it is not God who is allowing you to end up in hell. That is saying, that is why the Bible is saying that the third thing that the Holy Spirit would do is to prove to people that they are wrong about judgment. The whole world. You are not going to hell because God has condemned you or because God has judged you. You are going to hell because you have decided to stand with the prince of the world. But I pray that this generation will stand with God. I pray that this generation will stand with God. I pray that this generation will not move by their flesh. They will not be moved by their souls. But they will be moved by the spirit of God. They will submit to the leadership of God. That they will stand with God. If you are with me, declare that I stand with God. Declare that I stand with God. Declare that I stand with God. Because it is only they who will stand with God, who will be led by the Spirit of God. And it is only they who are led by God.
God that will be the sons of God who will qualify to become the sons of God. They will share in the grace, they will share in the love, they will share in the glory, they will share in the favor, the mercy. Where would you be if you do not stand with God? Where would you be if the Lord is not on your side? I came to preach to somebody. They cannot make the decision now. Stand with God now. Stand with God now. Return, return up and stand with God now. God is not judging you. God is not saying you are sinful. If only you will be led by the Spirit, then you will have the chance to stand with God. I always pray a prayer that, oh God, wherever I will go, let your revival follow. The revival of God is the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is peace, there is love, there is mercy, there is revival. We will not wait for I stand with God revival to be revived. Whenever the saints gather, there is a revival because we do not know the hour nor the time that the Son of God shall return. You can make all the jokes about the second coming. You can make all the jokes about the return. You can make all the jokes about righteousness. But I know for a fact that He is going to come a second time. Now is the time to come back. Now is the time to take God seriously. Now is the time to be revived and to be on fire for God. We are tired of calling you to church. We are tired of reminding you about the times of services. We are tired of the many times we have to convince you to be a part of the gatherings. Listen, people, this is the time of revival and this is the end times. How long will you be and how long will you stand on the side of the prince of this world that the Bible said, he he is condemned when you stand by the condemned you are condemned when you eat with the condemned you are condemned when you roll with the condemned you are condemned when you speak with the condemned you are condemned when you are equally yoked with the condemned you are condemned the Bible instructs us not to be equally yoked with unbelievers of what concord does Christ have with Belial of what concord does darkness have with light the Bible said, and God dwells in an unapproachable light that no darkness can comprehend. My God, and if you have this light, and Jesus has made us the light of this world, then how come there is darkness around you? Jesus said, For the devil has come, and surely he has found nothing in me. When, when the Lord comes up, and when the devil comes up, what are we going to find on the inside on you? When Jesus said he had found nothing in me, he meant in my spirit, in my heart, there is nothing, there is no seed of the devil. Come on, rid yourself of the demonic seeds, of the sinful lust, of the dark desires. Rid yourself. I know it is difficult, but rid yourself. I know it is tough, but rid yourself. Am I preaching to somebody? Rid yourself. Bazoom, bend the 
begin to wait one hour. Say no more. I will not give in to the voice of the devil. I will not give in to the voice of the deceiver. I will not give in to the voice of he that roused like a lion. We stand on the sign of the lion of the tribe of Judah. There shall be no fear that can conquer us. There shall be no distress that can conquer us. Though we are persecuted, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Do you love God? Then you better stand with God. Do you love God? Then you better stand with God. And Jesus said, I will ask of the Father and will give you another comforter, another counselor, another helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby that he may remain with you forever. I came to tell you, even though you feel lonely, you are not alone. Even though you feel lonely, you are not alone. Even though you are idle, you are not alone. Even though you feel abandoned, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is right there where you are. If only you will open up. If only you will open up. If only you will open up. just spoke to me that I'm about ending the message. The Lord just spoke to me that there are lots of people here who are having challenges, not not giving offerings in the in the service, in our in, in our services. Now listen, as of now we do not take any regular offerings. As in it's not like we take offerings when we come every service you are supposed to give an offering. No. We don't do that. However, the Lord says, 
anybody here in any service at all that wants to give an offering an offering any offering at all the lord says from today you have to go ahead you don't have to wait for me to maybe raise funds or call for offerings no the lord says anybody that wants to give an offering they have the chance to do so i'm not saying please listen to me and not take my words wrongly i'm not saying we'll be taking offerings in every service that is not what i'm saying what i am saying is the lord says that anybody that wants to give an offering in any service at all has the liberty to do so do you understand we are not taking offerings in every service but anybody that wants to do so in any service at all you have the freedom to do so any amount it is an offering any amount any it's up to you any currency it's up to you listen to this i'll be ending with this the conscience the voice of your own spirit the still small voice is what knows when we are wrong god made it so that it will be a personal reminder like an alarm system to remind us when we are doing the wrong things the conscience the voice of your spirit or the still small voice is the same thing what you call something now when you do wrong your own spirit will condemn you your own spirit will condemn you but the holy spirit is there to comfort you that is why the bible calls the holy spirit the comforter so your own spirit will tell you this was wrong you aren't supposed to do that and this is wrong and all that your your own spirit will tell you all that but all of a sudden you hear a voice from within an authoritative voice that will try to give you some strength and some confidence even though you did it god will forgive you have you ever been through anything like that god will forgive you god will do this god is for you i am here for you you are not alone if you have ever been through that yes that is what i'm talking about your own spirit will condemn you but the holy spirit will comfort you to help you and to show you the way back now the reason it is important for you or for your spirit to condemn you is for you to cease immediately that which you are doing outside the will of god the very moment you do anything outside the will of god instantly your own spirit will condemn you your conscience will condemn you your conscience is the voice of your spirit man your inward man now the fact that you have the holy spirit to comfort you does not give you the right to undermine the warnings of your spirit please understand don't get me wrong do not think i'm the kind of preacher who is teaching you that when you sin and your spirit condemns you the holy spirit will comfort you so do whatever you want to do that is not what i'm saying the fact that you have the holy spirit to comfort you does not give you the right to undermine the warnings of your own spirit hmm. don't try that's that's danger zone first timothy chapter 4 verse 2 first timothy chapter 4 verse 2 
The Bible says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with hot iron. Your conscience is your is the voice of your spirit, your inward man. And the Bible is saying, there are some people who speak lies in hypocrisy that they have their own inward man burnt with hot iron. Do you understand? To see a means to burn. I've met people like that. They can lie. Hey, they can lie. And and you see, the, the shocking thing is now they cannot tell the difference between saying the truth and lying anymore. They can't tell the difference between being themselves and boasting anymore. They can't tell the difference between bragging and, and talking about God. It, you see, they can't tell the difference between sharing a testimony and boasting anymore. The Bible is saying these people speak lies in hypocrisy and they have their own spirit man burned with hot iron. It means that they have overlooked their own consciences for so long that they, the consciences do not keep them from doing the wrong things anymore. Their own conscience doesn't bring them and warn them anymore. That is what it means to burn your conscience with hot iron. So, when you begin to undermine the warnings of your own spirit because you think the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you and you keep on doing it over and over again, it will get to a time where you have burnt your own conscience with hot iron that it is no longer able to stop you from doing good or to stop you from doing wrong or or to keep you from stepping outside the will of God. Am I preaching? Understand this? So, do not never overlook your conscience. Your conscience wants you, you better stop it. You are doing something, your conscience tells you to stop, you better stop it. Do not think the Holy Spirit will comfort you at the end of the day so you can go ahead. That is what people say when they say things like, when I'm done, I'll ask for forgiveness. Okay, keep it up. These days, I've told you, I don't tell people to repent. I tell you, keep on doing what you are doing. But when the time comes, your judgment will not, will not leave pass you by. Yes, everything we do on earth has consequences. When I do it, God will forgive. When I do it, God will forgive. So, so that is how womanizers are birthed. They will go for one girl, and then the Holy Spirit will warn them, or their own spirits, their conscience will warn them. And then they will go for the second one. They will hurt them. They will be sad, and they themselves will feel sad within for treating people in that ill manner. But they will overlook it. And they'll keep on doing it. They'll keep on doing it. To an extent where their conscience doesn't keep them from doing it anymore. They have burnt their consciences with hot iron. That is what you are doing. So now, there there is no check system. Like an iron without a thermostat. You see, every iron, these days, every iron, every smart iron has a thermostat. A brick system, a brick switch, a switch that turns off. You see, when you leave your phone screen on, there is a system put in place that shuts off the screen so that your battery doesn't die out. Now, that is the same job that the conscience does. And when you keep on overlooking your conscience, that personal automatic brake system is going to be destroyed. You are burning it with hot iron. Nothing works for you anymore. It doesn't warn you anymore. So now they can sleep with a hundred women in a year. They are good to go, man. I'm young and wild. They call it, they call it young and wily. Hey, 
Hmm. You have bent your conscience with hot iron. There are some people, they can really insult people and they will not feel a thing about it. When they started, when they were kids, or many years ago, they were warned by their own consciences. They didn't mind. Oh, oh. Now they've done it to an extent that they can't stop it anymore. People, I pray for you that you will submit your will to the will of God. You will subject yourself to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. You will give in to the promptings of your conscience. Do not forget, feeling is the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your soul. And conscience is the voice of your spirit. I pray that you will learn to put the voice of your spirit above your feeling, above your reason. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. See you. Bye-bye. Where would I be if you let me where would I be? Lift it up now. If you let me. I want